Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And it has to be light because absolutely nothing really has happened. We had uh, some news about a month ago and we did a uh, podcast that did not drop on the Cubs news about uh, their new manager, uh, Craig Council. And at that time, I thought I would just kind of wait about a month, which I've done, to figure out whether or not my expressed opinion was the same as that which I stated in my podcast of a month ago. What I'm going to do is a short podcast here today, and at the end of that podcast, I'm going to drop my Craig Council tirade, and my pro-David Ross podcast. They're one and the same. I thought it was a ridiculous publicity move by the Cubs. Council was disenchanted, wanted to go to the Mets, but didn't really think the Big Apple was uh, where he wanted to be. And so uh, he ended up in Chicago to the surprise of virtually everybody. And as fate would have it, and because I've waited, it's kind of an interesting scenario that Mr. Antanasio has created. And that is that they signed a kid who has never played Major League Baseball, a kid who I believe played a few games at AAA, and they have signed him to an $82 million contract. That's right. Small market. We can't compete with the Dodgers or the Cubs financially or the Mets. We're just a little old poor little town that needs a upgrade to our ballpark or we're going to move. And we just can't fight at the trade deadline to be equal to these other teams. Huh. <laughs> So, here's the deal. Craig Council was pissed because every year he gets them to the playoffs with a very uh, limited squad, and he puts the team together with, you know, uh, bonding in a tape. He just kind of tapes it here and tapes it there, has a different bullpen every year, mixes and matches, and lo and behold, they win the division. And then they get blown away hosting a best-of-three series in Milwaukee because, you know, one pitcher goes down and that leaves him Corbin Burns and they wait out Burns and then they would take two games and the crew has gone home. And so no money, no players at the trade deadline, no help for counsel, and so counsel says, hey, I'm going to the Cubs for $8 million a year on a five-year deal for $40 million bucks, which is more than the $4.4 million that the manager who got into the playoffs and won the World Series with his third different team, none other than Bruce Bochy, makes. He makes $4.4 million, counsels at eight. He leaves because there's no money. And Antanasio pays a guy $80 million plus, I think it's $82 million, for a guy that's never been in the bigs. 
and six games in AAA. What's going on? What's going on? Okay, so I'm going to put on my tirade because I still feel that it goes with the Cubs, create the illusion. Why sign a guy for $500 million like Shohei Otani when I can sign a guy for $40 million? Spread it out over five years, call on my manager, and act like I am setting the world on fire by setting a record with the manager. All goes back to that headline in the Tribune. I'll give credit to the Trib, which is a dying newspaper. The Cubs only want to create the illusion that they want to win. And every offseason, it's the same way. Oh, we're going for the big boys. And I have said before, it's like going to a charity auction. And, okay, I get out my checkbook and I write a check for the charity. But in the auctions, you know, uh, they're offering, uh, you know, $10,000 lifetime supply of Smucker's Jelly. And you don't want to really win the bid. You want to finish second. You want to drive the bidding up so that the charity makes a lot of money and then Bam, some other guy walks away with a lifetime supply of uh, strawberry jam. Well, that's uh, just what the Cubs do. Oh, we just couldn't, we can't believe, even though the Otani camp has said for the last year it's going to cost $500 million minimum, uh, the Cubs so far have been in last place of the six teams vying for Shohei. Then they've got this Yomamito uh, fella from the Japanese baseball, who's the next coming of uh, um, Hugh, Hugh Darvish, I guess, or Sandy Koufax. They're going to finish second to him. Uh, they were rumored to get Soto in a trade, and the only news in the boring winter meetings was Soto to the Yankees, along with Grisham for a bunch of other guys, and Verdugo to the Yankees. So now the Yankees have you know, as many stud outfielders as the Cubs do second basemen. So I'm not sure what's going on. So far, the only thing the Cubs have done so far to today, uh, December 7th, 2023, a day that will live in infamy, not because of anything the Cubs do, but because of Pearl Harbor Day. And a day that most kids in school now, if you ask them when Pearl Harbor Day is, they look at you like, who's Pearl Harbor? Did, was he a singer? No, Pearl Harbor was not a singer. December 7th, a day according to FDR, would live in infamy. And it still does. My God, you know, a surprise attack on the Pacific Fleet of the United States Navy in Pearl Harbor in Honolulu on the island of Oahu on the morning of December 7th when supposedly nobody in America knew this was coming. Did they or didn't they? That's the controversy. Did FDR really know it was going to happen? And did he allow it to happen in order to get the boys committed into World War II to fight the Nazis and ultimately win in Europe and ultimately leading to uh, Harry Truman's decision to um, drop two nuclear bombs and end World War II? with the Japanese surrendering. There's a little history for you youngsters, of which I have a bunch, listening to On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And there you go, Pearl Harbor Day. And um, we honor those who were um, unfortunately lost in that bombing attack on Pearl Harbor 
and we look forward to someday having a world that has nothing but peace. Will that happen? Probably as unlikely as the Cubs winning another World Series. I hate to compare one horrendous occurrence with yet a trivial sports comparison. I apologize. Anyway, back to baseball. So, nothing really happened with the Cubs, except they did ink uh, Wisdom, Patrick Wisdom, to another year for a, a million and a half bucks. Woohoo, there's a biggie. And they've dangled out trades, but, you know, people want Morrell. Yeah, because he's got you know, a, a cool nickname. There aren't many nicknames left in the world of baseball, but Simo is uh, Christopher Morrell, and the Cubs got to keep him. So anyway, the winter meetings at the end, you know, Verdugo to the Yankees, and then the next day it was uh, Soto to the Yankees. Good, good move by the Bronx Bombers. They're following after the Mets. They're going to spend $300 million, and then they're not going to get into the playoffs. Wow. Prediction for 2024. It's coming up, man. Uh, after the winter meetings, we've already had the Rule 5 draft. That's over. That was a big yawn. Like only 10 teams bid on players. The clubs didn't bid on anybody, and they didn't lose anybody. That shows you the strength of their minor leagues. Yes, sirree, Bobby. I'll tell you what also is, is showing up is that the Cubs – you know, do they do they really want to spend the money? They fill up the ballpark with tourists. I've said that, and everybody goes, "Yeah, right." They have a they've had a thousand people on their list for season tickets for decades. You can't get into the season ticket uh, queue. That's a line in Great Britain queue until uh, you know ten years from now. Wrong. Wrong, as I said a long time ago. It's Disneyland at Clark and Addison in Chicago, Illinois. It's the Cubs version of Disneyland. The E-ticket, the F-ticket, the whatever ticket, come one, come all, we drew almost 3 million people with a really crummy squad. And I said that at the end of the winter meetings last year. Worst team they've put together. And Bellinger, I touted at the trade when they got him, when they signed him, and I said through the year, sign him now to a long-term contract, guys. You know, what's the big deal? You've given away Hayward. Who? <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish my thought. The Cubs have no list for season tickets. That's right, you heard me. The Cubs do not have a list for season ticket holder. And it's not because they decided, well, let's just sell more season tickets and ensure ourselves of uh, certain attendance. No. They are losing season ticket holders. A, the product is boring, and B, it's too expensive, and C, the Cubs don't care. What they don't sell on the f season ticket market, they sell on the secondary market, and uh, the tickets are all gone because people in the months of June, July, and August come from everywhere to watch the other team. Okay, 
one of the other teams who sells out that ballpark are the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they are rumored to be the leading candidate to celebrate this week or next the signing of Shohei Otani. Okay, that's cool. Cubs are not going to get him. He's too expensive. We all know that. And so here is the other really great thing for Jason Hayward. And I've said he's a good ball player. He just needed a good hitting coach. And he got that. And he was productive in L.A. He was paid by the Cubs. They finally got that off the books after, I don't know how many, eight years. And the Jay Hay kid put back some money into Chicago. And there's nothing to hold against him. I mean, the franchise led by Hoyer has no clue. They have no direction other than to create an illusion that they want to win. They got rid of, and you've heard it before, all these guys that wanted to stay. You know, uh, they got rid of Rizzo. They got rid of Bryant. They got rid of Baez. They got rid of uh, my man behind the plate. They got rid of uh, Castellanos. They got rid of on and on and on. Here, Kimbrell. And Hayward have already signed contracts. That's the way to run a baseball team. Don't wait till the last friggin' minute. You're not going to get a great deal. You're only going to pay more. And, and Hoyer does that all the time. And I, did he le- learn that from Theo the Great? I don't think. You know, you, here's, here's the guy that just sold Ameritrade to Schwab. They, they're rolling in money that they don't donate to um, their pack that are his dad runs out of Omaha. So they got all this money to burn, and they let these guys go. And Hayward signs a contract for $13 million for one year. I think he's still, you know, he's still pretty... Uh, Pretty good if the Dodgers are willing to pay that much and move Mookie Betts to second base. Yeah, that's smart. They got Hayward, he hits 260, pops 13 to 20 home runs. Great outfielder, great in the clubhouse. Boom. There they go. Awesome move. And Craig Kimbrell, who the Cubs said, see you later, dude. You know, we can't help you. Your pitching is gone. Your arm's gone. Your mechanics are gone. We don't want you. We can't fix you. Uh, I think Mr. Kimbrell played in the World Series last year for Mr. Dombrowski. And Dombrowski's already signed Nola to a long-term contract. He doesn't wait around. He doesn't wait around for the dust to settle. Hoyer's waiting around. Oh, we tried to get these guys. Kimbrell just signed for, I think, $13 million like Hayward. Hayward might have been $9 million, $9 million, $13 million. Who cares? Kimbrell gets a million a month and then a little bonus of a million just for being Kimbrell. He's not even going to be their closer. They went out and got another guy to close. So there is a a Kimbrell. And where did he go to a big-time high-spending team? No, he is now the highest-paid player on the Baltimore Orioles, a team filled with talent. But they're young, and so their owner is going to screw those guys, unlike Antonazio, who pays $82 million to a guy who never played. I'll tell you, scratch your head. What's going on? The illusion. We want to dupe our fans into thinking we want to win. 
Meanwhile, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I don't know how in the world their Band-Aid approach got them into the World Series, but they went out and got the Tigers' best pitcher and signed him to a four-year contract with a fifth year for an option. So that Rodriguez is going to Arizona, and he'll be third or fourth on their on their deal. Now, all this time, the Cubs, they, they don't have to wonder who's on their friggin' team, uh, who's starting. Right now, their best pitcher is uh, Kyle Hendricks. Their second best pitcher is Talon, who you never know what you're going to get with him. And after that, what, Drew Smiley? In the meantime, okay, so you got, let's say Shohei's going to go for 500. Would you rather have Shohei as a fan, not the owner? The owner is going to recoup $25 million a year just from Shohei being on your team. So if you pay him $50 million a year over 10 years, that's $500 million, you're going to recoup $25 million a year, that's $250 million, and you're going to insure the guy out, and you're going to sell out. Crowds are going to come. They're going to buy all his... Um, uh, you know, shirts and stuff, and uh, or or you could have Hater and Chapman, Matt Chapman, the third baseman, and Tyler Glass now from the Rays, all for under five hundred million dollars. Whoa, really? What? I could get three of those guys. Maybe get Snell. I could have a couple pitchers. I could have a cl- real closer, and I could have a power guy. Maybe go out and get Bellinger, and you're still under that five or six hundred million, whatever it's going to take. Man, it's a no-brainer. I mean, this ain't uh, rocket science, boys. And Hoyer acts like it is. Do the deal or shut up. Get out of town. I mean, the winter meetings are done, and here we go. Well, just like last year, well, you know, we think we've improved ourselves. And no, they're looking to get Reese Hopkins, but they want Simo. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go out and get Chapman to play third, get Hader to close, and get uh, um, Glass, Glass now and Snell. Easy. Anyway. We're going to take a pause. We've got a caller calling in. This is a pain in the neck because uh, I'm not taking calls today. Hold on. We'll be right back. We're going to take a break on the lighter side of baseball. Well, I hope you enjoyed the music on our break. I was visiting with our co-host, Craig Kashan, who is going to join the show. Not today. But uh, on Monday, we will be joined for an hour with the lovely, wonderful, great, lovely. Who comes up with lovely? My good buddy. Man, looking forward to that. It was great to talk to him for just a few minutes. And uh, he will always have good stuff to say about where we are in Major League Baseball. Maybe Shohei will have signed by then. Uh, We don't know. A couple other things before we... um, shut it down and, and uh, uh, drop this as quickly as possible along with the Craig Council uh, tirade. So that'll be piggyback together. So, you know, when you hear the music that ends this podcast, the next podcast will start with my rant and rave about how the Cubs screwed David Ross and hired Craig Council. And I, look, I, I, I don't really mind that, I suppose. I just think that um, Ross got screwed. 
and um, after he collects whatever money they pay him for not working, he'll get a job next year. The the coaching staff so far has remained the same, so that Andy Green is still the bench coach. We'll see how far that goes. Mer, uh, uh, Council won't be bringing his bench coach because his bench coach, who is from what everything I've heard, and I've met him a couple times uh, through my buddy Bob Solis, father of Sammy Solis, who you know was a great pitcher in his own right, uh, Murphy uh, will be the new manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's good. A um, couple things, interestingly. The awards came and the awards left. It was pretty predictable that Shohei would be the MVP and Acuna would be the MVP. Um, I think I've heard of the Cy Young Award winners. I don't know. I, I, I don't really at this point. The only thing good is that it sort of bridges the gap early in uh, uh, the off season. But, um, you know, the winter meetings didn't do it. A spring training is going to start. You, you kind of have to ignore Major League Baseball's uh, blatant attempt to show that it's all about money. They're playing a lot of games overseas at the beginning of the year and in spring training just to uh, raise the uh, uh, scope of the fan base and uh, the number of people buying merchandise. That's basically it. Uh, um, uh, you know, Reinsdorf continues to uh, stir the pot. He won't uh, talk about anything other than um, the fact that uh, Jim Leyland got into the Hall of Fame. He won't talk about last year, won't talk about this year, other than to me. Uh, and Mr. Reinsdorf uh, and I um, have a good relationship, and so I'll, I'll get some scoop from him, but I, I have not talked to him since they hired the new general manager, former second baseman of the Royals, uh, Chris Getz. And, uh, you know, uh, boy, the GMs or presidents or whatever they call these guys get younger and younger and younger. Oh, my goodness. Stearns is pretty young. They're all young. I mean, uh, the GM game is kind of interesting. Uh, the Phillies, you know, have uh, the Cubs' former uh, center fielder uh, as their general manager. But Dombrowski runs the show, just like Hoyer runs the show. Carter Hawkins Good guy, pretty articulate, upbeat for the Cubs, general manager. Uh, and he actually answers questions and then probably gets chastised by Hoyer for giving out any information at all. It's a secrecy game with Hoyer and Ricketts. Good, good golly, who knows? But hopefully I'll be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they get a closer. I hope they get a couple starters. I hope they get a home run hitter. And I hope that they get a third baseman, you know? So get Reese Hopkins at first and get Matt Chapman at third. Uh, sign Bellinger and get off to the races, along with Hader, Snell, and Glasnow. It's simple, you know? I mean, if I can sit here and do that off the top of my head, you know, oh, Mr. Ricketts, we're going over the luxury cap. I know your daddy's going to be mad, but who cares? Let's win a, let's, let's at least be competitive. Let's at least be good. Let's show the fans that we blew it with Rizzo and Bryant and Baez, and you guys all out there say, oh, Baez, he's had such a... Baez is back, baby. Mark my words, 300, maybe MVP in the American League this coming year. Mark my words. Okay. I love Baez. I love Schwarber. I love Castellanos. I love Contreras. I love Rizzo. Bryant, eh, I don't know. 
the Rockies continue to be dumber than the Cubs and getting rid of Arenado. And how about the Cardinals? Man, they have signed some ancient Mariners. Not Mariners, per se. That's kind of a saying, you know, in the, in the sea world. Ancient Mariner. The Mariners are doing nothing but getting into a firm place and fourth place in the American League West. The Rangers have been pretty active, and the Cardinals have signed two old friggin' guys. And uh, Lance Lynn, oh my God. Brewers signed Wade Miley. Uh, at least start signing up people. Who do they? The Cubs have zero. Well, we've got some starting pitching in the minor leagues. <laughs> Come on, boys. Spend some money. Well, we're not. Okay, speaking of money, here's an interesting thing. Again, you know, luckily, our listening audience goes up. It, it ought to be in the millions because we, Craig and me, and sometimes just me, Solo, or Dwayne Stats, or Wathen, or Denier, some of the guys we have on, and I know, it's been a while, but we are on top of our game with our analysis. And if you recall... Back when the little Bitcoin dude went, you know, belly up with uh, Bitcoin and got arrested and got indicted and stole a ton of money, you know, basically a Ponzi scheme, then I would dare say that he knew enough to put his little Bitcoin bucks in the uh, Cayman Islands so that... uh, He'd have to really be bad before the Caymans would say, eh, no mas, takes a lot. Uh, I had a client like that, whole different story. He's deceased. So at some podcast I can go into, it's kind of interesting. Finally, the Cayman Islands go, eh, even we cannot protect your money anymore, buddy. But I bet you the Bitcoin boy has a ton of money in somewhere. Anyway, maybe a Swiss bank account, I don't know. But here's the point. His company was F... FTX. And you might remember FTX because every pitch of every major league game, of every major league team, of every shot from center field in every ballpark featured on the umpire's chest FTX. Yes, the major legs were promoting this criminal with FTX. And I dare say, they didn't do it for free. And MLB and the umpires are all one now. The umpires don't have their own gig. They don't have their own union. They do, but they don't really. And they're all part of the same deal. They're all part of the major league, just like there's no real American League or National League. That's a friggin' facade for the fans. Uh, there isn't a president of the American League anymore. There isn't a president of the National League anymore. I mean, back in the day, Ford Freck had his own baseball card like he was the number one baseball card in the 52 tops maybe it's a popular card no more no more and there have been some cool presidents no more i think bill white was president uh bobby brown was president uh da 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 okay so all of a sudden Major League Baseball is now being sued by the likes of all the investors who lost money and including (laughs) 
Tom Brady who advertised for these guys. He had to be suing himself. Oh, my God. You know, I love my profession, my former profession. They figure out ways, crazy ways, to be annoying enough to get some money. Not necessarily for their client, but for them. It's great. Smart. Class actions, baby. You don't get anything, but the lawyers do. And, you know, back in the day, for 45 or 50 years, I was pretty happy about that. So anyway, Hall of Fame, I want to spend a bit of time on uh, the Hall of Fame. They had some really, really good guys on, uh, on the ballot. And this is for the contemporary committee, contemporary players and, and owners and people that not necessarily played but were in the executive side of the game. Here are the guys. Cito Gaston won the World Series with the Toronto Blue Jays. Davey Johnson, longtime great manager for the Baltimore Orioles. Hank Peters, <clears throat> an executive with the Rockies and with the Orioles and with other teams, and he was a stud and brought in a lot of change and great stuff. Lou Pinella, guy who lost by one vote the last time he was on the ballot. They got to have 12 out of 16 for some reason, some moronic reason, some ridiculous reason. Sweet Lou fell a vote short last time, and... Newsflash, it happened again. He got 11 out of 16, needed one more. I don't know who didn't vote for him, but shame on you. Joe West, <laughs> I'm telling you what, if Joe West gets in, uh, that's a joke. And uh, Cowboy Joe West. And then Bill White, who I mentioned not only was the uh, executive with the American League as the president of the American League. Might have been the last president of the American League. Because there aren't any American League. It's gone. Like the Buffalo. History. Like the Cubs hitting. Gone. Like the Cubs in September. Gone. Like the Cubs in April. Gone. They, they win May. Woohoo. Anyway, I love ripping on the Cubs. Man, it makes my day. Um, out of that list, here's some of the guys on the committee. That voted. I don't have all 16 because uh, I didn't recognize a bunch of them. I have a couple secretaries from the MLB Hall of Fame or whatever, baseball Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell, Hall of Famer. Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer. Chipper Jones, Hall of Famer. Bud Selig, Hall of Famer and owner and stud witness in the case of, man, I can't even remember, versus the Kansas City Royals, who I defended, along with a couple other guys in my firm. Selig was our star witness. There we go. You'd think I'd remember the lead plaintiff's name in that, but hey, getting old. Um, Ted Simmons, Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Jim Tomey, Hall of Fame. I think Dio's on there. Joe Torrey's on there. Uh, Sandy Alderson's on there. And the guy with who claims to have the highest graded Honus Wagner card and owner of the uh, leading owner, head guy that makes the decisions, uh, Ken Hendrick with the, might be Kendrick, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And there were a few others, but somebody didn't vote for Pinella again. Get screwed. On the other hand, Jim Leland, not as colorful as Lou, didn't play. Lou was a hell of a player. Rookie of the year with the Royals. 
had some great seasons. An animated, interesting, fun ball player. Animated, interesting, fun manager. Leyland, you know, could have been a librarian. He was about as much fun to watch as nothing. But he was, again, he's no Sparky Anderson. He won a lot of World Series, and he deserves it. Don't get me wrong. He deserves it, but, you know, a lot of guys deserve it on that list. Hank Peters deserved it. Dave Johnson deserved it. Cito Gaston deserved it. Pinella deserved it. Uh, Leland is the only guy. Now, hell of a manager. Owes a lot to who I think, God, I hate, you know, I didn't think this when I was negotiating with him, but Dombrowski left the White Sox and ended up with the uh, Marlins and brought Leland down there, brought Johnny Bowles down there, and Leland won the World Series with the Marlins in 2003, I believe. That was the year. Could have been... uh, could have been 97. I, I Obviously, I didn't do that part of my homework. I don't do homework. I just talk. <laughs> I just get out here. And I say what's on my mind. I got a lot on my mind. And like next Monday, we're going to have a lot on my mind. Um, baseball cards. I got a Mantle 53. Whew. It's sweet. It's sweet. I'm going to get a few more 53s. I sent some cards to be graded by PSA. Professional Sports Authenticators in Santa Ana. I sent 10 cards, and that is something that we'll talk about as the grading comes back to me because I think baseball cards are fun, and I think uh, you guys need to know a little bit about how uh, baseball cards are graded. There's like three or four reputable grading uh, companies, but PSA is the big one. That's the one you want if you're gonna if you're gonna trade cards. I don't really trade cards, but I figured I'd get a legitimate mantle, not one that had been, you know. There's some card counterfeiters who doctor up these cards, and they cut corners literally with computerized microscopic um, scissors and. They trim them up to make the corners look perfect when they're not. And they cut the uh, margins to be even when they're not. So, you know, when you're grading a card, they measure the card. they got to measure specifically what that year uh, dimensions were uh, on both the length and the width. They look at each corner, and typically the lower left corner is the one that gets the wear and tear. And like with the 53 cards, there was a red panel at the bottom, and that would be touched repeatedly by card holders. And back in the day, we didn't really collect cards, or we didn't think about it. But I didn't really start till 58, 59, I guess. Although now I have 52s, 3s, 4s, da-da-da-da-da. But the, um, the corners and the uh, margins, the, the more identical the left margin is to the right margin, the um, better the card is, okay? So, we're going to follow along on the show with how my cards do 
compared to how I think they'll do, okay? And I've, I've made a little record here, and hopefully this is exciting to more than just me, because <laughs> uh, as you know, I love baseball stuff. And it's close to the holidays, so I love it even more. And I know the show's going a little bit over, but hey, it's my show. Okay, this is cool. Uh, do we need to take a break? You guys tired? Nah, we'll keep going. All right. You can turn it off anytime. This is light. This is the fun side of baseball, the lighter side of baseball. This is baseball cards, okay? And every card has a story in my life. I can look through cards, and I have some guys that I actually know and met. I have some guys that I idolize, and I have some guys in cards I've never heard of. Okay. So I sent 10 cards to PSA for evaluation. Uh, and you do it in order. They, like, they have very precise uh, specifications for how you submit. And I'm following along with my FedEx tracking number to make sure that today my box of cards gets to the right spot. And I think it will. First card was a 1952, and this is a hot set, the 52 Mantle, I don't have a Mantle, the 52 Mantle went for 12 million bucks, mint condition, nice. Um, the owner of the Diamondbacks claims he has a 52 mint condition Mantle. Whew, that's, a, you know, that's pretty good. I don't have a Mantle. Um, the 52 tops that I sent them was Ben Chapman. Now, I did that for a reason, couple of reasons. Number one, um, you know, I always assume the worst, like, okay, what if these cards get disappear? What if they don't get there? What if they don't get back to me? So I didn't really want to give my Bob Feller 52 or some of my other better ones, but this is Ben Chapman, and I rated, I, I predict a PSA grade coming back of two, okay? And they go on a one to ten. If you open a card and it's mint and everything is perfect, and not everything, they don't cut them perfectly. They cut, the, the cards come out in a giant sheet, and then they have a cutter, and the cutter just bam, 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 like a printing press, only it cuts after they print them. And uh, a lot of times the margins aren't equal, and a lot of times the cuts aren't great. And so you can buy a pack of cards that ain't a 10 or a 9 or an 8. Anyway, there's a little lesson in grading. So this Chapman is interesting to me because of, one, he signed my Babe Ruth ball. That's right. This guy named Ben Chapman, who was in the Jackie Robinson movie, uh, the biggest racist that uh, appeared. And he was managing the Philadelphia A's, not the Kansas City A's, not the Oakland A's, the Philadelphia A's. I think they they moved and, and the franchise of the A's went one way and uh, maybe the Browns became the Orioles. I don't know. We'll go into that later. Does anybody care? So, um, Ben Chapman, on my ball, that's signed by Lou Gehrig and by Babe Ruth and by Cal Ripken Jr. Huh, nice ball, eh? Pretty good. Anyway, so I want to see what Chapman does. And so, the, you know, he, he, for a lot of reasons, um, I wanted to get his card graded. We'll see what that does. Because it does lend some authenticity, even though I've got the Jim Spence authentication letter saying that uh, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, 
and Chapman signatures and Ball is legitimate, authentic. And then I asked Cal Ripken himself if he signed that ball, and he did. And, I mean, who's better to authenticate Cal Ripken Jr.'s signature than Cal? Literally. Got a picture of him with the ball and me. Anyway. The second one is a 1953 Topps Harvey Haddix. Harvey Haddix was a great relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I graded that card. This may be a stretch, but I graded it a three. The next 53 card is Elroy Face, another stud for the Pirates. He pitched, I think, a perfect game for nine innings, and they left him in in the 10th, and uh, he lost the game. It's either him or Harvey Haddix, one of those two guys. I graded that card a two. I sent in a 1955 Bowman card, which is really a TV screen with a player inside. I've got a Banks. I've got an Aaron. I've got a, I got a lot of those. I don't know where I got them, how I got them. I sent them a Banks, uh, Bowman, 55. I graded that 1.5. We'll see how that comes out. Then I sent them another 1955 Bowman TV screen of Minnie Minoso. My man. Uh, did we love Minnie in Chicago. He got traded away in 59 when the Cubs, when the White Sox won the pennant. Uh, beat out Cleveland the last weekend of the year and lost to the Dodgers in six games. Many was not on that team. I graded that out at a three. We'll see how that does. I sent him a 1958 Barra, pretty good tops card. I graded that between two and three. I sent a 68 Gibson tops card, great card. I graded that out between two and a three. A 68 Mays, I graded that at a four. If I get a four back on that, baby, that's a good... That is a good grade, and that will uh, uh, put that in the money. Uh, then for my um, ninth card, I took a Mantle All-Star. That's the 58 Mantle on a red background with stars and the Mick swinging it. That's the card uh, that Bob Costas keeps in his wallet. That's what Bob says. I think he took it out once. Took the card out of his wallet. It's not, it's not, this is not, it's a family show. And I rated that at a four. And then I had a 1958 Roger Maris, who uh, at that time was with the Yankees after being traded from the Kansas City A's. They traded a lot of people. They traded Roger Maris to the Yankees. And in 1961, he and Mantle had a home run uh, chase. Mantle gets hurt when he was at about 54 home runs. Maris ended up at 61. And he and... um, Mark McGuire, you know, his Maris's family embraced McGuire before they knew he was a cheater, and uh, I rated created that at four. So there you have it, my submissions. In 65 days, they come back. So the end of uh, January, beginning of February, we'll have some information on that exciting development. And that's exciting, but not as exciting as Craig Kashan being on our next show. So... With that, we're going to leave you all alone to listen to my ranting about the Craig Council hire. I assumed that between then and now, I would have something fun to talk about with the Cubs. Trades, signing free agents, nothing, nothing at all. They claim they're in the hunt for Otani. We might know by our next show. So... For Spotify, SoundCloud, 
Apple iTunes, and anywhere else you get. Uh, this thing keeps showing up at places I have no idea where. Um, Jamie Retzky, next week with Craig, on the latter side of baseball, and we are going to go right through the winter and on to spring training and uh, 2024 season makes our predictions after spring training, and we will be loving it. So that's it for now. Have a great day. I'm going to play golf tomorrow in Chicago in mid-December. Are you kidding me? That's going to be awesome. So there you go, folks. Have a good one. Jamie Resky, stripe it down the middle, baby. Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for yet another exciting episode of On the Ladder Side of Baseball. And there have been some great developments since our last uh, episode with Craig Kashan. Uh, and in this order, Texas won the World Series. Bruce Bochy became the sixth manager to win four World Series. Our congratulations goes out to old uh, Bruce. And uh, the Diamondbacks finished second, won the National League pennant. I guess you still call it that. And, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't know one name of any person on the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can recall last summer, I blasted the owner for firing the general counsel who had the nerve to say, you know, the, the people in Scottsdale and the surrounding areas of Phoenix deserve a better team. Well, okay. He delivered. Uh, that was great. Got some guys, got a manager, and uh, that's all fine and good. Uh, there's a lot of free agency stuff to talk about. There's a lot of opting in to talk about. But shock waves in the city of Chicago this afternoon, and that's what this podcast is going to feature today. And that is, I am lucky enough to have a platform to voice my opinions on things that the Cubs do or anybody else in baseball. But let's just talk about the Cubs. Today at 1 o'clock, they announced a shock to everybody. I think the only one that wasn't shocked might have been Jed Hoyer, the whatever his title is, president, general manager. Ricketts might have even been shocked. I don't know. Did anybody? I mean, Ricketts praised David David Ross, the manager, said he was great. He's our guy. We're going to take him to the next year, spring training, get ready. We're going to go places. Ross wanted to stay here, had another year on his contract with a club option for the the year after next, he had done pretty well. And uh, I had some disagreements with the way he managed. I thought he was a little bit too fair. If you looked at what Tori Lovello did and what Bruce Bochy did, they played their good teams all the time. Now, they do just for the 30 games in the in the month of uh, September and October. I don't think so. I think that's a definitive strategy that got them to the World Series and won the World Series, and that is, they play, you know, if you're not good enough to be on the starting lineup, you're not going to start. I'm not going to bring in some Crow Armstrong to play because I feel like you had a good time in AAA. The whole, the, <laughs> the whole season and all the ineptitude of the Cubs front office starting with no closer to begin the, the season and basically closed by committee. Maybe some guy will come up and be the guy. 
but we're not going to win this year. Don't worry about it. Just act like we're going to try to win and uh, go find somebody. They found Azalea. They hurt his arm because he wasn't prepared to be a closer, and they overused him. End up surgery. See you later. This afternoon. Now, look. Craig Council comes in. It's like at Christmas. You get up in the morning, you're a youngster, you go down, you see the tree, the lights are on, everything's shining, the tinsel's great, you know, everybody's in a great festive mood, and what do you see? A red fire engine. Oh, man, I love red fire engines. This is the greatest thing in the world. I'm so excited. Play with it. Got a new toy. Well, that was kind of the initial reaction with David Ross getting fired and Craig Council coming in. Here's a new toy. Craig Council, he's our guy. I'll tell you what. All he is is different. Not only is he different, but he's being paid double what Bruce Bochy's being paid. And Bochy's won four World Series. you believe that? Nearly double what Bruce Bochy's getting paid is a guy who in his last 12 playoff games lost 11. Yeah. Want me to repeat that? The Brewers' last 12 playoff games managed by the $40 million highest-paid skipper in Major League Baseball, the crew dropped 11. And they had, from time to time, Burns, Woodruff, and other good pitchers. They had Hader. They had all sorts of talent, and he lost. Now, I mean, uh, I got so many texts from my great listeners out there uh, this afternoon. I was coming off the golf course, had a pretty good round, got my drives figured out. Things are good. Finally broke 90. No, I wasn't playing miniature golf for you funny people out there. I had a good day, a little windy, but, you know, in November in Chicago, it was 60-some degrees out there. It was nice. I'll take wind in 60. So I get done. I pay off my bets. Yeah, I paid. I didn't get money, but it was minimal, minimal damage. Had a good time, minimal damage. The bar was closed. I mean, the golf course was mobbed. They didn't open the bar and the lounge. You gotta be kidding me. Somebody needs to be fired. <laughs> They're badly managed golf club. Well, the Cubs weren't badly managed. I didn't agree with Ross the way he, you know, he plays some of these guys. You could, I said, you could look at the, the 26th man on the roster. Uh, who was that guy? Val Buana whatever. He kept bringing him back up and, and he would, um, you know, start a different lineup all the time. You can't do that. I, you you got to have speed, defense, good pitching, and a consistent. The guys got to know they're playing. And the guys that don't play know why they're not playing. And, okay, they get stale. So put them in for a game a week, maybe. Maybe. But Rossi, man, he's praised by Tom Ricketts. He's praised by Jed Hoyer. And then he gets kicked in the balls or the nuts, or the testicles, or whatever you can say. It's a podcast. I can say what I want. He got royally screwed. Now, yeah, hooray for, you know, Craig Council, who, in my last podcast, interestingly, with Craig Kishan, 
just a few days ago, we were talking because council obviously did not want to go back to the Milwaukee Brewers. He ran out his contract. He was a free agent manager. Uh, John Stearns, the GM from the Brewers who quit, but they brought him back, made him stay there so he couldn't go out and compete against them. They didn't want anybody competing against them, breaching a contract. You know, in, in, in the legal world, there's a tort, which is a civil action, called intentional or even negligent interference with a contract. Now tell me, how is it that Jed Hoyer and and uh, Craig Council didn't interfere with David Ross's contract? They hired him before they fired Ross. Yeah, oh, for about an hour before uh, Hoyer's plane could land, uh, they had two managers. And um, I guarantee, look, maybe Ross had some idea what was going on. I doubt it. Nobody else did. But I guarantee Craig Council had guys that were running interference in the uh, the deep state, if you will, trying to uh, uh, put that together with the Cubs. Didn't just happen. I mean, he didn't just hey, you know, we'll pay you eight million a year if you want to come over. Um, I hear you don't have a job. Hey, there's something, there's something fishy that went on, and Ross got. I mean, he wakes up this morning, November sixth. 2023 he's got about two months until spring training begins he's got the upcoming january 15th circled on his calendar for the cub convention when we bring everybody together that loves being a cub the bobby derniers god love bobby i do the fergie jenkins the the everybody that's alive comes back now they were lucky. You, you, all those guys who come back, the Kerry Woods, the Fergie Jenkins, the Billy Williams, all those guys were Cubs when whoever it was that owned the Cubs, uh, whether it was Wrigley or whether it was WGN or the Tribune Company, they liked guys that liked being Cubs. Ernie Banks, perfect example. Everybody loved Ernie because Ernie loved being a Cub, Mr. Cub. Nothing better than being a cub. He loved it. Billy loved it. Ron Santo lived for it. All those guys, Randy Hundley, Becker, Kessinger, you name it. These guys loved being cubs and they stayed cubs because why? The cubs liked guys that liked them. Pretty good. Pretty normal reaction. Most of us are that way. If you like me, I'll probably like you. Now, not with the Ricketts regime. <laughs> no, man. It's a kiss of death to want to stay a Cub. It's a kiss of death. I can name Castellanos. Oh, my God. I would have done anything to stay a Cub. Kyle Schwarber. I wanted to be a Cub. I loved it. I worked myself back from a shattered knee to be able to play in the playoffs in 2016 and bring a world championship to Chicago that they hadn't had since 1901. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Nick. We think you uh, ought to go play in the World Series two years in a row uh, or come close to it for Philadelphia. And so they're gone. See you later. Then he had a catcher named Wilson Contreras. I want to stay. I want to stay. Give me something. Goodbye. 
He gone. Chris Bryant, I want to stay. Rizzo, want to stay. I want to be a Cub. Goodbye. They have no plans. You know, they get Hayward. They get Suzuki. We've gone through all this. They get six shortstops. Why? Nobody, I mean, Jed Hoyer has no idea how to, and so do we go out and sign Bellinger? No. Do we go out and get a starting pitcher? No. Do we go out and get a guy that can hit home runs? No. Do we go get a frontline catcher that can play for us for the next five or six years? No. What do we do? We sign Craig Council to the biggest contract ever given to a manager. What? He ain't Connie Mack. He isn't Casey Stengel. He's not Yogi Berra. He's not nothing. You know? In a yogiism, the, when the Cubs got to this fork in the road, they should have taken the Ross fork. Now, is Rossi any of those guys? Probably not. But he did pretty damn well with what I call the worst roster assembled by the Chicago Cubs when they broke camp in spring of uh, 2024. No closer, no home run hitter, no real DH. They had four shortstops. They moved a couple to second. Then they had a couple extra second basemen. They moved him to third. They got Jan Gomes. They just re-upped Jan Gomes. Oh, my God. What they should have done is put, if they wanted Craig Council so badly, and he probably would have gotten more money, make him the general manager slash president of baseball operations and get rid of Hoyer. Hoyer's done nothing. Zero. Nothing. All he's done is blow money. Oh, my God. Anyway, it's done. We have Craig Council. And if you listen to my podcast last week, and I was trying to be nice to Craig Sean, because I know Craig wasn't going to badmouth him last week. <laughs> last week. This be this week. I know Craig Sean is too much of a gentleman to do that, and, and he wouldn't do that. Uh, and I'll get to Craig Kishan in a minute. But what um, what I said was, and this is true, um, Craig Council's about as exciting as a pair of brown shoes. He's he's like painting a wall, painting it like white. He is the quintessential, I don't know what, but the highest paid manager in the history of baseball. Wow. You know, first of all, why, why do you praise Ross at the end of the year? Now I know the old, uh, you know, vote of confidence in August isn't worth much, but the vote of confidence in November is worth pretty much the late October. Ross is our guy. He's great. Did a great job with what he had to work with, which I submit to you is nothing. The only guy that really, that the Cubs have kept that wants to stay here, I guess, because he has a coffee business now, is Ian Happ. And then, then there was an article in the paper the other day, if you believe it, that Dansby Swanson wanted to have a hand in everything that, that Hoyer had to do. He, you know, he's in Hoyer's ear. Well, I wonder if he didn't like Rossi. Did Swanson get him fired? Why? Well, how in the world did he go from this is our guy to this ain't our guy to we get the guy from Milwaukee 
that's lost 11 out of 12 playoff games. Really? Really? Come on. So I had the honor as I was driving home from the golf course to talk to none other than the co-host of The Lighter Side of Baseball, the sometimes guest commentator on The Lighter Side of Baseball, my buddy, Craig Kishon. And now, Craig's getting ready to do the Bucks game. He was nice enough to call, and I go, is, that, is it true? And he goes, it's true. Uh, press got wind of it about 1 o'clock, and by 1.08, uh, Craig Council was the most hated person in the city of Milwaukee. They have pictures. You know, remember, Craig Council's dad worked for the Brewers and the Braves in Milwaukee for like 50 years. They have pictures of Craig Council, a little bitty kid, uh, uh, sitting on the lap of Robin Yacht. <laughs> they have a storied franchise. Lots of pictures of of uh, Council around the ballpark, which I submit to you now will be kindling for uh, uh, tailgate parties <laughs> out in the parking lot of Lambeau Field. Yeah, the Packers won a game. So, I mean, I know. For all of you loyal listening Cub fans, you think, oh, my God, how can you be negative about this, dude? Uh, your first reaction was, yeah, well, you know, that's interesting. Uh, my second reaction was, what a kick in the guts. Hey, you wake up, you're the manager, you go to lunch, you're still the manager, you come home, you got a call from Hoyer, it says, uh, I need to talk to you. Never good. Never good. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of staff council will bring. Will he bring Murphy with him, his right-hand man? Will he bring the analytics department? They became very dependent upon analytics. Uh, you know, he can coach a bullpen. Do the Cubs have a bullpen? Uh, he couldn't coach Hader very well. He couldn't coach Williams very well. He couldn't coach Boxberger very well. He couldn't coach, I don't know, man. I, I don't think he's that great a manager. I don't think he's that great a tactician. And even if he were... He's the, the difference between Ross and Council is not six, seven million dollars a year. And it's not it's not sending a signal, oh the Cubs are serious. Remember, this is the organization that fired the Tribune and WGN. We don't want WGN, we want to make money on Marquee Sports Network. This is the guys that got rid of all the good players, the Rizzos, the 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 um, Bryants, Schwarber, Contreras, Castellanos, Kimbrel. Yeah, I know you folks in Arizona are happy that we got rid of Kimbrel. We, we the Cubs, we the people. So, wow. I mean, shockwaves. The, uh, talk radio on a scale of 1 to 10. Did you see this coming? No, negative 20. Didn't see it coming. And even after it came, I don't get it. The, the, what message does this send? I don't know. Now, does Corbin Burns come along with uh, with Council? Now we're talking. I mean, if Burnsy were here, okay, now we're talking. When Woodruff gets over his recovery from his shoulder surgery, he comes to Chicago. Now we're talking. If uh, William Contreras comes to Chicago, now we're talking. That ain't gonna happen. Now Burns is a free agent in a year, so maybe he'll maybe he likes Council. I don't know. I mean. 
have you ever listened to a post-game press conference with this guy? He'll get eaten. He's not going to be popular with the press in Chicago. He doesn't talk. Oh, man, oh, man. Big mistake. Big mistake. Take that $8 million and, and give it to Bellinger along with another 30 a year for five years, and then I'm happy. Uh, a good development for the Cubs is that the Stroh show, another guy who, oh, I want to stay with the Cubs, I love the Cubs, gone. Now, Stroman had a $21 million player option for 2024. He turned it down. Stan Fairman Lacabesa, for my Hispanic-speaking friends, that means sick in the head. Unbelievable. Thank you, Stroh show. Goodbye. Head on out of town. Don't come back. He won in 2022. He won one game at Wrigley Field. And yet he has a good first half of the season. Hurts a hip, apparently, and goes downhill. Goodbye. Hasta la vista. Now, we don't have very much starting pitching. We don't have much bullpen. We don't have a closer. We don't have a home run hitter. We don't have a DH. We don't have a first baseman. We don't have a third baseman. We have a 38-year-old catcher. We have Bellinger saying goodbye. We have happy, happy, happy saying hello. And Seiya Suzuki is not saying see you later. Now, will they get Otani? No. No way. I mean, will they get Blake Snell? Maybe. There's some pitching that they could get, but man, oh, man, oh, man. You knew what Bellinger could do in Wrigley Field. Stein him. Stein him. Stein him. It's a sad day. Sad day. Although I am pumped up about the the spring training in 2024. Maybe Council's the answer. I don't know. He's won division three of the last six years. But, I mean, if you're going to go do that, bring back Joe Madden. At least he's he's a proven winner like like Bruce Bochy. You know, let's go get some of these old guys and bring them back. I don't know, man. I mean, Craig Council was the guy they wanted to pay more money to than any other manager ever. I don't get it. I, I I'm 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 more than shocked. I am. Feeling bad for Ross. He gets a, another year of his salary. But um, I don't know. Try and explain it. The, the the note that the Cubs sent out, you know, he's done exceptional things for the franchise. He's a great guy. See you later, buddy. We don't want you anymore. You were great. We loved you in October. We don't love you in November. Ah, uh, well, okay. I'm going to uh, regroup. And uh, put you on pause for Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. It's going to be a short podcast because I'm I'm speechless. I feel like we've gone back to I don't know where. Um, interestingly, on talk radio, this is funny. On talk radio that I listened to coming back when I wasn't talking to Craig Kishon, voice of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Brewers, and Craig, Craig Kishon, um said that he's on his 
call-in show for the Brewer, for the uh, Bucks basketball. He said, I suspect I'll be talking about nothing but Craig Council. And uh, it was Craig who confirmed that Council is the uh, public enemy number one in Milwaukee. He not only left the Brewers after they gave him a pretty good offer, but he went to their arch enemy. He went with Darth Vader. He went to the dark side. He went to the team that the Brewers despise. Anyway, Craig was spread. Nobody knew it was coming. I mean, how did this not get out? Well-kept secret. But again, does this do anything? And again, I go back to all those guys that wanted to stay in Chicago and left. I would take Schwarber and left. I would take Bellinger and center. I would take Hayward, although his contract's finally up. And you go, hey, Hayward, he couldn't hit with a hoot. They get more than, than uh, Swanson. And so did Bias, for all you folks out there. Give me Avi. I forgot about Avi. He would have stayed here. Yeah, they took advantage of free agency. Great. I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> we never had a closer last year. Oh, we did too. Azalea was great. Well, he just came in at the in the middle of the year. They discovered that he might be make up for being a closer. Should have been in the minor leagues. They bring up David Crow Armstrong or DCA or whatever. That was a stupid move. Talk about how to uh, upset the apple cart in the clubhouse. You bring in a fresh kid. Oh, we need to give him a spot to help him get a hit. Didn't get a hit. Didn't get a hit. But he put him in. He made a few errors. He was a fielding gem. And then whatever that valuable... Valve Boone, not Valbuena, because I love Louis Valbuena. He was my favorite. Yeah, I always liked these guys that weren't the big studs. But Luis Valbuena was muy bueno. He's great. Yeah, research Louis Valbuena. Oh, my God, he could hit. And as a utility guy, it was like my, my man Al Weiss with the White Sox way back when. Oh, we're reaching here. We're reaching here because, you know, it's November. The hot stove leaves. Now, if Hoyer announces at the end of the GM meetings that he signed Bellinger and Blake Snell and uh, JT Real and Muto, I'd be okay. Nice. Can you bring back Nick Cal, our man Nick um, Castellanos? Bring him back. We let all these guys go. Oh, we got a great farm system. Eh. Really? Glenn Hobby, Dick Drott, Modrabowski, they were in the farm system. Man, you can't win with the farm system. You can trade away the farm system to get a few good guys. You got to have speed. You got to have defense. You got to have a plan. You got to have a cohesive lineup. And you got to have a closer. Okay? That's it. We don't. All right. I'm going to collect myself. How do you do that? And I'll be right back in just a few minutes. On the lighter side of baseball, some of you people think, this is very light. This is light. It's funny. It's not my money. You know, I'm not a, not a fan of Ricketts. He hasn't really done anything. The Tribune had it when they said all he cares about is creating an illusion that they want to win. They put in DraftKings, and now 
DraftKings was in financial trouble. FanDuel's kind of hurting. Barstool Radio's shot craps. Oh, man. All right. Well, what I am looking forward to is getting some starting pitching here. And apparently if they can put the... Here's my feeling. If they can pay a manager $8 million, they can friggin' pay uh, Bellinger $35 million a year. They can pay Blake Snell. They can go get some pitching. They can go get some fielding. Third baseman, first baseman, catcher. Okay? Go do that. You spend $300 million, I don't care. Go over the luxury cap? Well, I don't care. I mean, you sold Ameritrade. you got to have billions. Even your daddy probably gave you billions to play with. So spend it. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to win. Reference the Yankees and the Mets and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Angels and the Cubs and on and on and on. But give you a good shot. This year it was 60%. If you were in the top 10 salary payrolls, 60%. Six teams out of 10 got in. Last year, seven. So 60 to seven, you're going to get in. If you get in, you can do anything. Look at the Diamondbacks. Look at that, the horrible playoffs. No, it was exciting. It wasn't exciting. The uh, There needed to be a good team. in the, no, Texas is good. They're going to be better next year. So Texas versus Philadelphia would have been good. I'd go for that. The D-backs don't get me excited. They don't get anybody excited, except finally they got somebody excited in um, Phoenix or wherever they play. And then what about the uh, Tampa Bay? I'm going to get with Dwayne on the Dwayne Stass. I'm going to get him when I get back from vacation. I'm going to get Dwayne and talk about why Tampa Bay deserves to have a baseball team. They don't deserve to have a baseball team. The playoffs were empty down there. Empty. Man, move that franchise to... Nashville. Move it to Vancouver. Move it to anywhere. Let's get another team in Florida, another team in Texas, another team in California. I don't know. Get out of Tampa Bay. You don't deserve a team. Oh, my God. Or build a new stadium, right, if that's the problem. Okay. Wow. This is the, We have drifted off into negative land on the lighter side of baseball, but we'll be right back with some positive thoughts to end the podcast. So stay tuned and we'll get some music and we'll be off to the races. Oh, and we're back on the lighter side of baseball. And it is a lighter side. We've got November, December, January, February, before we start spring training games. Spring training games start about the last uh, third third week in uh, February. We've gotten a few call-ins and texts from some of our favorite listeners. Bruce in Arizona, one of my buddies, a good man, good friend, good Cub fan. Now he's a D-backs fan because he goes with the flow. He goes, just when you thought you'd run out of material for on the lighter side of baseball. Well, Bruce, we haven't run out of material. We have just started the 2024 campaign early in November. And as I said, uh, the um, 
The Cubs didn't need a manager. They needed a closer. And Josh Hader's a free agent. Go get him. Go get Blake Snell a pitcher. Go get somebody that can hit home runs. Please. Oh, my God. All this attention on the most unexciting manager in baseball. None other than Craig Council. He'll, he'll be fun in the post-game press conference. Maybe he'll win. Maybe, you know, he's a little, probably more serious and regimented than uh, than uh, Rossi. I don't know. Another call-in, another guy, uh, you know, congratulating me on the new manager. That was my gambling son in uh, Virginia. Thanks, Andrew, for the uh, comment. And uh, he ain't my manager. I mean, I, like I said, it's uh, like Christmas morning. I got a new fire engine. That's cool. But it's not going to win me that many games. Now, did I think Rossi was a great tactician? I don't know. But he he, he did a pretty good job. And then September happened. Was September his fault? I don't know. I, I blame bringing up DCA as one big factor. Number two, I blame us not having a closer. And we're not us. I just say that. And number three, we didn't have any power. We didn't have power and we didn't really use much speed. Um, so there you go. That was a good little comment. Um, another guy goes, um, you know, a, a true comment. They go, why didn't they hire you as the manager or the general manager? But he's talking about me. I'd have done it for half the price. He said, ah, I'd have done it for less than half the price. But I will say to Mr. Reinstorf, you just, we, you know me, we've talked. Why you didn't hire me? I don't know. I don't get it. I guess my agent in baseball is um, no better than the one on the uh, getting me sponsors on the lighter side of baseball. Another comment um, that excited to have Rossi gone, excited to have um, Council here. Things are going to be great. Sorry to see Rossi go. All right. Everybody's sorry to see Rossi go. Is anybody? It's like, you know, it's like you're coming out for the first round of a championship heavyweight fight. And there's Ali, and here comes Frazier. And before a punch is thrown, and the ref gets him at the, at the center of the ring to shake hands and come out fighting, Frazier knees Mohammed, and he goes down. Down! Not down goes Frazier. Down goes Ali after he got kneed. And I'll lead to the knee. And that's what happened with Ross. He got need, man. He got the wind knocked out of him. He got screwed. Screwed and tattooed. Just like the trip, the WGN. They got screwed. And so, I don't know, man. <sighs> Love the Cubs. Don't like the owner. You know, just go buy a better team. Really, that's the bottom line. Um, sports radio, you know, is great town for sports radio because it's not quite as gigantic as New York, but it's a lot more exciting and interesting than L.A. and Houston and Dallas. And so there's plenty of negativity to go around in this currently the worst sports city in America. North America, 
maybe the world. The bears are just uh, unbearable. They're so bad. And they they brought in their backup quarterback who played before 1,200 people in the Division II championship game for Shepard U. And you know what? Here's the sad thing. The Bears backup quarterback from Division II who played in front of 1,200 people for the Division II title from Shepard University in Shepard, West Virginia, where his dad is the arm wrestling champion of the county. Um, he's better than Fields. I think that's the quarterback's name that got hurt and was never any good. And Eberflus, the coach, is like, oh, we've turned the corner. What's really, we're really, we're close to what? He's won like five games in three years. Goodbye. Get him out of here. And take Justin Fields with you. Man, I'm negative. I, I like Patch, and I keep going with him. He doesn't have a strong arm, but who cares? He, he, at least he can complete a pass or two. He can run a little bit. And the Bears spend a second-round choice, draft choice for next year, and $98 million committed to sweat. No sweat. I think no sweat's going to be good. Why didn't we keep uh, Roquan Smith? Why didn't we keep Mack? Why didn't we go get Patrick Mahomes? Huh? See, I have as many questions for the Bears, sitting for the Cubs. And then you get over to the uh, Blackhawks and the Bulls, who are all in uh, uh, Jerry's building over there on uh, Madison Avenue. Uh, The Bulls are even worse than they were last year. They have some real, real leadership trouble. They have some real coaching trouble. They have some star power trouble, and the Blackhawks are bad too. But you know, they just they just got sued again. So I mean, they're they're doing well on uh, acquiring uh, personal injury cases for the regime before them. And then you've got the White Sox and my good friend Jerry, who on Sports Talk Radio, when the Cubs dump Ross after they hired counsel. The sports radio's taking shots at Jerry. Isn't that his team? He didn't do anything. He's just sitting at home taking the Uber over to the general manager's meetings if he wants to go to the GM meetings, which he probably does because he just fired his crew and uh, Rick Hahn and his, uh, Kenny Williams and brought in Rich Getz. Uh, from the Royals. Uh, why Why is Jerry, my, you know, oh my God, anyway. Royals manager, Royals general manager providing counseling. He's got La Russa dangling around doing something. And um, all the while, I'm right here, Jerry. I could give out my number, but I won't. You need to hire me. We would win a pennant. You give me $180 million and I'm going to win the pennant. Okay, guaranteed. Um, yeah, so they're, they're criticizing Jerry because they said if Ross worked, uh, if he managed the White Sox, he'd still be there for another 10 years. So they find, they're, they're knocking his loyalty. Yeah, sure. He's stuck with Ozzy. Yeah, he's stuck with Robin. Yeah, he loves Tony. Well, what about Rick Renneria, the guy that really won, gets fired from both the Cubs and the White Sox? All he did was win. Sorry. You like it here? Goodbye. You're gone. We don't like it if you like it here. 
we don't we we view that with some suspicion. We don't want guys that want to be here. We want guys that don't want to be here. We want guys that we can get rid of when we want to get rid of them and not worry about it. But don't don't tell me you want to be a cub forever because you're gone out the door. See ya. Oh, man. Dancing with the Stars. Rossi was a stud. Won the World Series. Now the only guy, manager, coach, player, left is uh, Kyle Hendricks. And they did uh, exercise the club option after the Stroh show left town. So we got Hendricks for another year, maybe. That's good. He seemed to have a pretty good year, all things considered. Started strong, finished strong, unlike Stroman. We don't have any pitching. We don't have any hitting. We don't have a lot of speed. We don't have a closer. Our bullpen guys are all in surgery. And we've got Craig Council. God love him. All right. So having said that, folks, it was a beautiful day here in the Chicagoland area. We're heading west for a while. We'll be back better than ever. We'll have Dwayne. We'll have Bobby Denier. We'll have uh, Craig Kashan. We'll have some real talent to help me get positive and find something funny about baseball. Now, on the good side, Aroldis or Adolis Garcia was a bright spot. I never heard of the guy. I never heard much about Corbin Carroll. I thought all these guys were just annoyingly good against the Cubs and nobody else, but they're pretty good against everybody. It was like all those guys with the Braves. When the Braves came, nobody ever heard of uh, these studs, and they beat the Cubs, and I figured, oh, man, they're just annoying. But they're the real deal. Acuna? Who'd ever heard of Acuna? Didn't have such a good playoff. Betts didn't have such a good playoff. Um, Kershaw, not such a good playoff. The guy who did have a good playoff was Corey Seager, who's about as exciting as Craig Council. But man, oh man, can he, he he is smooth. He's like Bellinger. You need to sign Bellinger, Tom. Yeah, give him a position and uh, that you that you sold to Schwab, like you know, some fund worth a billion dollars. Corey Seager, smooth man. He takes a beautiful Bellinger like Ted Williams like swing, beautiful swing. Why does that baby have some some exit velocity and trajectory? It's beautiful. The dude can pick it at shortstop like maybe nobody else more than Dansby Swanson. And then if you've ever seen him steal, he slides like he's sliding on clouds. I don't know how he does it. Don't know how he does it. Corey Seager, MVP. MVP of the World Series, should have been MVP of the of the season, should be MVP next year and the year after. Uh, he and Bryce are good. Machado, I don't know. Soto's rumored to be coming to the Cubs. And finally, a little recognition to uh, Ian Happ. I don't know how he must have paid off the judges. Happ, Swanson, and Nico Nico won gold gloves. Congratulations. Our glove goes off to you. It would be the Happ, but... More appropriate to be the glove. Glove goes off. Golden glove. Right? We're getting closer to spring training. We're getting closer to some free agency deals. We're getting closer to arbitration. 
and we are really close to signing up next week. We have our press conference with Craig Council. Listen to that because he'll light it up with with excitement and his effervescent personality. So that's it from here. And uh, hit him straight down the middle, stripe it down the middle. Have a good day, and we will see you on the lighter side.